0: Hello and welcome to our viewers on Crux Investor and also to the listeners on Cruxcast, our new podcast series. We're being joined by Mark Selby, the CEO of RNC Minerals. Hello, Mark, how are you? Hey, Matthew, how are you? Fantastic. Lovely to have you uh, on board. I know you've got a a very um, passionate fan base out there who are dying to hear from you and they've been sending us in lots of questions. So I'm I'm very keen to uh, see how you respond to some of those thoughts. But why don't we kick off first with a two-minute elevator view of the the company for those who aren't um, familiar with the RNC story.
1: Yeah, no, I think, you know, RNC fundamentally is a tremendous investment opportunity at present time. Um, You know, most junior companies are lucky to have one great asset, and we're fortunate to have two great assets. So uh, there's the Beta Hunt uh, Gold Gold and Nickel Mine in Western Australia. Um, obviously, um, <laughs> the investors have been following the story. We're you know very aware of the Father's Day Bane discovery last fall, where we pulled out you know 25,000 plus ounces out of the size of a living room. You know that generated uh, that gold at a 40% gold or 400,000 gram per ton content. Um, So, again, one of the, you know, we think one of the most exciting gold discoveries that's been made, you know, in a very long time. Um, You know, the the great thing there is there's a massive amount of exploration potential. That's why we acquired the asset in the first place. We're now able to start to drill that potential off. And we've been, you know, we're coming to the end of a 40,000 meter campaign. But, you know, from an investment perspective, fundamentally, you've got this massive exploration potential. We've got, Four shears spread across four kilometers. Um, you know that have been barely tested uh, to date. Um, you know we have this potential for this high grade, these high repeat of a Father's Day vein, um, where you know 150 meters down into each of these shears, uh, where it intersects the sediment layer. We have the potential for more of these high grade uh, discoveries to be to, to be made. Uh, and then the best part about it all is that. You know there are very few, you know, multi-million ounce deposits that have been discovered in low-risk jurisdictions, and you know not only you know are we in you know in the basically you know the backyard of Australia's uh, you know main gold region, um, you know we have all the mine infrastructure already in place um, that we uh, that we acquired, which cost you four hundred million dollars to re- to replace today. So you know um, you know that's beta hunt, and then on the Dumont side. You know, uh, we're wrapping up the updated feasibility study on what is the largest Nickel Cobalt project um, development project in the world. It's one of the largest sulphide discoveries ever. Um, We're sitting up in Quebec in the Abitibi next to a a pile of infrastructure. And so in a market, you know, that, you know, I think the market now is beginning to realize how much Nickel uh, the world is going to need by 2025, 2030. Glencore just put a, put a, a, a report out yesterday saying, you know, we need one point three million tons by twenty thirty. Um, and so, you know, Dumont is one of the few projects that's ready to meet that need. So, you know, we're very excited about, you know, what we can do with that asset. So you've got Beta Hunt, you've got Dumont and fundamentally our team is, is gonna to work to whatever way maximizes um, the value for shareholders for each of those assets.
0: Thanks for that summary. Actually, you know, we we did a bit of work before this call to you know understand a little bit more about the the company, and it it struck us that you from the get go have designed this not like a junior, but you know something bigger. Um, There's been a bit more rigor to the planning. uh, It would seem. I'm saying this as an outsider. uh, There's been a a bit of rigor to to the planning, and of course, you know, I can't get away from the obvious statement. If I if I look back to your share price back in. So beginning of September to now, it's, it's five times. So if I was in the beginning of September, I'd have, I'd have five times the value on, on my shares. That's a pretty, pretty impressive uh, type of return. Um, and I think a lot of companies would be very, very happy with that. But can you tell us a little bit about the strategy? I mean, how have you mapped this out? How have you planned it from when you started to today and perhaps a little bit about where it's going?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, the board and management team here have come from majors. All of us, you know, generally worked at Inco or Falconbridge at one point in time. Um, you know, I worked at Quadra for uh, several years as well. So, yeah, no. In terms of approach, we are, you know, looking to try and build out a, a multi-asset mining company that was the design from day one when we went public in, in 2010. You know, our first key asset was obviously Dumont, which we've taken through to you know fully permitted, feasibility study complete, ready to go mine. Um, but we realized a few years ago is that you know, the while the EV story is exciting, it's still a few, it was you know at that time it was still four or five years away. So in the meantime, you know we looked pretty aggressively at a range of assets. So we picked up two assets at the bottom of the market in early 2016: the Reed Copper Mine, uh, which we own 30% of, and then um, and then Beta Hunt. And so, you know, we were fortunate to take those two smaller assets. We generated 120% return on capital over three years, which was a fantastic investment. Beta Hunt, you know, to be honest, we struggled um, out of the gate with that. Um, but then obviously with the big discovery last year, it validated uh, our investment in that asset, you know, which is, you know, again, created several hundred million dollars of market cap just off that one you know particular investment.
0: Yes, yeah, so I, 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 you know, I guess there's a little bit of fortune to that. There's also, it strikes me, a lot of planning involved to be fortunate. Uh, enough to, to make that find um you know but what what are you but what are you going to be doing over the next sort of 12 18 months to kind of repeat that success repeat that kind of value creation i mean is there is there a plan what is, what is it
1: yeah so you know we just announced that we exercised the option on on, on that higgins hill property uh again you know we had a mine that needed a mill they had a mill that needed a mine so you know, for us, that was a perfect you know transaction with some real synergy. That's a word gets misused quite a bit, um, you know. But in this case, there is some real synergy between that set of assets, you know, and that'll really allow us to, you know, take Beta Hunt, you know, to a you know a strong cash flowing position, and you know provide the foundation for it to become you know the very large gold mine that we think it has the potential uh, to become, you know. And then on the Dumont front, you know, we we are the operator with that with with our partner, uh, Waterton. And so, you know, the key there is, um, you know, that, that asset right now is fully funded from the cash that exists within the joint venture already. So there's no call on the company's cash today. And we'll look to partner at JV in a way that makes sense. Um, you know, uh, shareholders, if we get a bid for the entire asset that makes sense, you know, we'll sell the asset. You know, at the end of the day, I have most of my net worth in this company. So I'm going to do, you know, you know, my focus is on doing what's best for our shareholders.
0: Well, it's interesting. We, we we did happen to take a look at you know the, the buying, and obviously you have been a big buyer uh, of the past few months, and you know, as have some of the other management teams. So, I think that's indicative of your your view of whether this thing will work or not or, or not. Um, and then just just on that, I mean, how, I mean, how do you think you're doing in relation to your your peers, for instance? I mean, I, I want to do want to come onto the Higginsville in a second, but just talk to me about how you think you've done in two thousand and eighteen. And, and beginning of yeah, 2019. I mean, yeah, 19. yeah, I
1: mean, obviously the prices come off in the first half of 2019. But if you look through 2018, 2019, as you indicated, we're up four or five x, you know, over that time frame. You know, if you go back to early 16, 2016, when we made that, you know, shift uh, to pick up those additional assets, you know, we're up, um, you know, two, 2, 2 to three x um, from that time frame. You know, at a time where you know the value of most junior companies just continued to erode away, um, you know, post post that date. So. You know, again, I, I'd like to, to think in terms of that, you know, overall time frame. You know, in terms of the value that we've created today. You know, and again, with Beta Hunt, we're really, you know, we're really just getting going. The resource drilling is where it is. We're going to start the exploration drilling now. Um, you know, and again, we want to really show people just how big um, this this gold mine can be. Um, and as I said, you know, we're we're in the enviable position of having one of the few nickel cobalt projects that that's ready to go in a market that's desperate for nickel cobalt.
0: Well, yeah. Actually, we, 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 we talked to um, I think Anthony Maluski last week, the CEO of Cobalt Twenty Seven. I think you recently done a, well, not recently, recently done a deal with them. Um, he was very positive about the Dumont uh, project uh, and being involved with that. I mean, how, how did that deal come about? Who approached? Yeah, them? so they,
1: yeah, they picked up an existing royalty uh, back in twenty fifteen. Uh, again, we've tried to be create, as creative as possible in terms of some of the financing that we've done, given that the equity markets have largely been closed for most of the last eight years mm. uh, for development projects. And so, uh, they picked up an existing royalty uh, from Orion Mine Finance, um, and they purchased that back uh, a year ago, February. And and I think, you know, in terms of uh, the you know endorsement for Dumont, you know, is pretty profound in the sense that, you know, that Dum that Dumont a royalty acquisition was their very first non-physical metal transaction. So you know, this is a group that spent, you know, probably spend more time than just about anybody on the planet looking at nickel, cobalt assets. You know, and the first asset that they make an investment in is is in Dumont. Um, you know, and then um, uh, you know, uh, secondly, you know that they you know continue to you know I think actively promote it as as a mine that they see as as one of the few you know few projects that gets built this cycle.
0: Yeah, for for sure. I think he was very, very positive. In fact, we're going to be talking to him about it uh, again quite soon. Um, So obviously all the PR, all the headlines have been about Beta Hunt for the obvious reasons. Father Dave Vane, extraordinary find there. Um, A lot of hard work to get to that point, I guess. Uh, Takes a little bit of um, the the limelight away from Dumont. I mean, tell us, because you said a minute ago, you said you know you knew you know two three years back that you know EV was coming, but it was it was going to take a while to get there. Hence, you started looking at other assets. But you know, tell us about the nickel market and what you what you saw then and what you see now, and you know why why Dumont should be something that people pay attention to.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, again, going back to day one with this company, you know, the reason. Uh, the The group of us came together in in 2010 was, you know we had we went through a great big nickel boom in two thousand seven where nickel prices got to you know twenty five dollars a pound, fifty thousand dollars plus a ton. Um, and you know what happened at that time was, you know nickel had had this overhang of a bunch of large scale laterite projects that had literally sat around for decades. Um, And with that spike in prices, basically all of those projects that have been sitting around for decades, decades finally got financed and put into production. Now, a lot of those HPAL plants took a long time to ramp up, but basically they emptied out the project cupboard. So you know, our view was with Dumont in 2010 was, um, you know, we knew we had to get through five or six years of Nickel-Pig-Iron pain as the market absorbed all that supply that was going to come from from Indonesia and the Philippines. Um, But once we got through that additional supply, you know, fundamentally Nickel demand still very robust from just stainless steel demand at five percent a year. Um, and then on the other side of the equation you now have this brand new use, you know, with EVs. Uh, Robert Freeland, I think, said it best, nickel's the new gasoline. Um, you know, I think we're moving from an oil-based transportation system to a nickel-coal oil-based transportation system. So um, that's gonna require vast amounts of nickel. So having a nickel project ready, you know, in a in a development pipeline that's basically, you know, largely empty, you know, we think was going to create a lot of value over the long term, right? It was not in 2010, this was not about a quick home run. It was really, you know, building a foundation, building a world-class asset, which takes you know, more than a few months to do. Um, and so, you know, we think we've got that with, du- we always had that with Dumont and now we're increasingly, you know, you know, we think Beta Hunt has that potential on the Gold side as well.
0: So you've got, you've got the, the world's second largest Nickel Reserve and I think uh, fifth largest Nickel Sulphide Reserve and the, the ninth largest Cobalt Reserve. These, these, you know, on any level, that's that's pretty impressive. You've got, I guess, options there. But can you give us a sort of sense of what the nickel markets doing though? You mentioned, um, I think, in, in Indonesia, um, certainly is one of the with with the nickel Pig, iron, etc. I mean, tell us a little bit about the market again for those sort of uninitiated in this space.
1: And there's lots of investors, and and for good reason, haven't paid much attention to nickel because you know fundamentally it was a pretty structurally, you know. Beat up uh, metal. So, you know, through the first half of this decade, you had the supply come from you know Indonesia and, and China, where they took this laterite right, ore, dumped it in furnaces, and provided you know a significant amount of new supply. You had a massive amount of inventories pile up, you know, and that really weighed on the nickel price, um, you know, uh, for quite a period of time. Um, but today, you know, we've now you know we worked through that first wave. Um, nickel stainless nickel demand continues to be robust, you know the thing about 5% growth which in nickel is about twice what it is in copper and zinc you know that means you need to double supply every 14 years so you know we need by the middle of the 2020s we need to find all of the nickel supply that existed in 2010 and you know not only build it ramp it up and get it into production by 2025 and we're a fraction of the way there there's lots of nickel plants being built in indonesia we need every single one of them, you know the biggest risk to the market is that you know I think um, you know we're going to struggle to find enough supply uh, to meet demand you know and if you look back at nickel uh, you know again I think for people who are new to nickel, um, if you look back at nickel over time, you know it, it goes through these massive squeezes you know every few decades so in the late 60s nickel prices got to eight dollars a pound in nineteen sixty eight which would be about fifty dollars a pound today. We had another big nickel spike uh, in the late 1980s. We had another nickel spike in the mid 2000s, where we got to twenty dollars a pound. You know, and if you look at the kind of projections that the Glencores, of the world are putting out in terms of demand growth um, over the de- you know coming decade, it feels like we're you know setting up for another one of those squeezes in the first half of the 2020s.
0: So, how how do you use a company? Because if if I if I look at other commodities such as such as gold, if you you know the the value for investors, is Usually, sort of late exploration development stage. That's when people c- you get taken out. Once you move into production, it's you know there's less returns for the sh- the shareholders in terms of share appreciation, etc. How do you value this space? Obviously, you've got gold, you've got nickel. There's this curve building of of, of value creation. You know, you've got existing shareholders, you've got potential new shareholders, and you're constantly evaluating. Where the company is today and where the maximum point of return is. I mean, how do you go about that?
1: I think you know. Again, you know, you pointed out that we've had this massive run since the fall. I mean, you know, we're up four, five, four X plus since that time frame, and, and people think, oh well, I've missed the boat, you know. But today, you know, at a two hundred um, you know twenty million dollar market cap, you know. Again, at Beta Hunt, you know, the infrastructure that we acquired that would cost you four hundred million dollars to replace today. So, you know, if we find any resource, the investor's getting it for zero. And again, given the scale of the shears um, and the highlighted potential already from the historic drilling that's there, you know, this could be a very large, you know, multi-million ounce deposit potentially at some point in time. And so, you know. If you look at what those kind of res- resources and hopefully reserves in the not too distant future, you know trade at, you know exit at multiple wise. You know again, you know that can be a very very valuable um, asset on its own. And then on, on the Dumont side, you know again we haven't been in a development cycle for a long time, so I think people have forgotten about what me- you know metrics around what development assets, um, you know basically exit for. Uh, and again, there's been a few recent examples, so. Um, Arizona mining with their zinc project um, in the southwest United States. If you look at the take takeover of NEVSun, those both basically both went out for close to one times nav. And if you look historically, you know, high quality base metal assets, you know, of, of the scale that Dumont and these assets are, you know, exit at point eight to one times nav. And if you look at what our fe- you know, old feasibility study said, you know, we had a you know one plus billion dollar NAV, you know, the new feasibility study is gonna probably come in. Um, the capex is going to be lower and the NAB is going to be lower, but it's going to be in the same same order of magnitude. And so, you know, again, you know, we think there's tremendous value upside, uh, you know, on both those assets from where we're sitting today.
0: Okay, well, that, that'll that'll be interesting to kind of get your guidance on on that as as you move through that process with, with both that, both assets. As you say, they're both world class assets. Um, I imagine you're on quite a few people's radar. It's a question of, I guess, when you. Want to have conversations and what those conversations, you know, mean in terms of value. Um, can I come back to Beta Hunt just just momentarily, if I may, and then if we can talk about Hergensville. So, so Beta Hunt, you've obviously got the father father state you, bank, You extracted two several very large, high grade rocks, which you have been on tour with. I've seen them live myself here in London. Uh, very very impressive. Um, but I guess the you, you've extracted those. Sort of would have you? They extracted the maximum PR value from those. Now, are there, are those um, things which are now going to be monetized?
1: You no, know, we did, you know, take them around the world because, yeah. again, you know, to be able to generate that amount of PR um, and exposure, um, you know, um, is again, companies don't get that kind of kind of opportunity every day. And so, you know, when you're the feature corshack exhibit at the BMO Mining Conference, which is the first time that we've been invited you know, and you've got people who've run, you know, I won't name specific names, you know, guys who ran, um, you know, some of the largest mining companies in the world, crouching behind one of your giant rocks, taking a selfie with it, you know, to be able to have and have 15 minutes of discussion time with them, you know, that's, you know, you know, know, those are invaluable. And again, you know, that's been repeated time and time again with, you know, a number of the larger mid-tier Gold producers. A number of the largest mining companies in the world, so you know, it's tremendous exposure for
0: for yeah. for the asset. No, it's very interesting to see. I think people come quite childish when they sort of see uh, those rocks. They behave in a very different way. Um, so, but let's let's talk about um, bait Hunt. So, goldfields and Saint Ives. Have you are you in any discussions with them?
1: So the asset had some op, option potential for some of the adjacent ground underground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, at the right time, we'll reengage with with goldfields to see if there's any interest there. You know, fundamentally, we have this this ramp that goes down into the heart of that system, and so you know there are areas you know uh, adjacent to the property that would make sense to access from that ramp. So you know at the right time we'll we'll resurrect those conversations with goldfields and hopefully you know come to a deal that makes sense for both groups
0: right and obviously with with higginsville the with the st. st ive's operation as well is that on the table is that part of the thinking
1: oh in terms of with with higginsville just have a you know again you know from a uh, having a mine mill combined is a much more attractive you know um, you know uh, acquisition target you know and and the reality is is you know, unlike the North American market, unfortunately, where the mid tier gold guys have been, you know, have struggled for, you know, quite a while, you know, the Aussie market, you've got a bunch of mid tiers that are fully cashed up, have, you know, paper that's that's you know, very well valued. So again, I think you know, once you know we get through these next few rounds of drilling here and really start to prove up the scale of resource that we think we have, you know, we're going to get more than a few knocks on the door from these mid tiers. We bought a bunch of old gold mines um, and that are you know facing production profile issues, whereas we we bought an old nickel mine that happened to have a brand new gold deposit.
0: Underneath it. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's get on to Higgins, Bill, because I think everyone wants to understand your your thinking the process. You know, you know. Why you structured it the way that you have? So, so, so why don't you give us the, the run through, and I'll perhaps pick up on some of the some of the questions.
1: Yeah. So we're we're picking up Higginsville for fifty million dollars, half fifty million Australian, half in cash, and half in shares that that Westgold um, will have to hold on to for a period of time. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, the you know when we when we announced that we had the option, we did you know the equity. You know, what we believe will be the equity component um, that we need to satisfy that 25 million dollar um, payment and you know we've we've gotten very attractive terms on a bunch of very non-dilutive type financings um, you know that we expect to have in place by the time we're ready to close the deal um, in early june you know again fundamentally when we bought beta hunt you know the plan was you know start drilling it Get a long-term milling solution in place, and, and at the right time as well. You know, we'll be talking to the royalty company about working, you know, reworking the royalty so that you know, you know, we get to a number that makes sense. Uh, hopefully for both of us. And so, um, you know, w- when the Higginsville opportunity came around, there's there's only so many mills that are already in place, you know, that close by. And so, you know, again, you know, to build that mill size mill new today would probably cost you close to hundred million dollars. So, you know, a fifty million dollar price tag. You know, was much better um, than than buying it new, and then in addition to the mill, you know, we get um, a significant land package on one of the in the, one of the most prolific gold camps, yeah. and so you know, any any of the resource value and, and and the and the operations which will be coming online later this year from Balu and so forth, um, you know, that's nice, um, easy to process, good grade for you know for an open pit. Um oxide ore, and so that blended with the material from beta hunt makes a lot of sense. We save fifteen dollars a ton versus what we're paying at beta hunt right now, so it doesn't take too many years of just the milling synergies alone to pay for the acquisition
0: tell me tell me about the numbers there so it's it's fifty million bucks yeah. um you've obviously done the done the math worked out that that's that's good value yeah. you you're saving fifteen bucks, which is which is which is great, but you know, can you tell us a bit more around the, the thinking of the way that the way that you've structured it with in terms of the cash and the shares? Obviously, with the pro- share price as it is now, it's, it's a little bit lower than it than, than it was, you know, you know, just yeah. after Christmas. Um, do you look at it in the case of, you know, money's the cheapest when you can get it? I mean, do do the deal now? Could you have waited?
1: No, but I, I think if we had waited to do the, we, I mean, we did the equity component. Um, uh, when we announced it, because again, we wanted to take away sort of any sort of equity overhang um, that's there. I think when we announced that, you know, uh, and again, hopefully we're in a place where it is completely non-dilutive financing that I think that will you know really help the story um, going forward. You know, in terms of doing the deal when we did it, you know, obviously you'd always, you know, there's the best time to do it and then there's the time when the assets available. So, you know, that was the asset was available. Um, it was the right, you know, it was the right time to do it and we you know chose a structure that we think made the most sense for you know both investors and you know and and we're glad to have Westgold Gold you know as a large you know RNC shareholder here going
0: forward right you know, and peter Cook,
1: so know, it quite quite likes the beta hunt mine
0: so how, how quickly do, does something like that pay for itself i mean fifteen million bucks 50 million bucks is, is a lot of money right so yeah. Yeah, if you just look at the
1: milling synergies alone, you know, if you just assume, you know, Hunt's going to produce 2,000 tons a day, you know, just the milling cost savings versus tolling, you're looking at um, 10 million dollars a year. So, if we do nothing else other than get milling cost synergies, you know, then it's, you know, paid for itself, you know, in in, in just over 5 years. If you uh, and again, at a higher mill rate that, you know, that that cycle, you know, comes in um, you know, much much shorter. Um, but then, on top of it, you know, again, we have, you know, all of that resource that's there. We will have ounces coming um, from, from that land package. Um, and then being positioned in that part of the camp opens up a bunch of other future opportunities, uh, you know, going forward.
0: So, okay, interesting. So, so tell me, with regards to the land package at Higginsville, obviously that. To to define what you've got. I imagine if you've got some information from them, you'll want to explore yourself and understand what you've what you've got there. Is that something you'll do yourselves, or do you feel that you may find a partner to help you develop that? I mean, how are you looking at that?
1: Yeah, I mean, the primary focus for exploration is going to remain beta hunt. You know, that's sort of job one and job two. Um, We obviously need to resource. You know, you know, basically just develop and expand the existing reserve resource that's there. So sort of you know, just, you know, some small step out there to continue to sustain production um, from those, those areas. But, you know, again, through across that larger land package, if, if we don't have the time and dollars to, you know, relative to Beta Hunt to do that exploration, yeah, no, we'd look to, to, to JV that out to the right kind of partner, you know, to, to you know, help unlock that, you know, that value that's there.
0: That's interesting. And, and again, so continuing along this, um Strategy of building a sort of infrastructure, and again, I guess with the ultimate aim of reducing your ASIC. That, that, that's that's going to be the the point of it. Oh, right? big time. Bottom line. Yeah, right, yeah. And again, just the, again, the lower your processing
1: cost, the more resource potential it
0: opens up for you. For sure, for sure. So, what are the other sort of infrastructure uh, type uh, acquisitions or builds or other types of acquisitions that you've been considering? Not necessarily specifics, but you know, what have you been looking at?
1: Yeah no again I think you know with with Beta Hunt you know it makes sense you know given the the geology and and the location to look for things you know that are you know nearby that asset and there are other things that we've looked at in the past that are you know nearby you know I think right now it'll take you know we'll focus on consolidating those two assets and 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 extracting you know all the value we want to get from there but you know again if an opportunity to to infill you know a nearby opportunity that can provide feed at low cost. You know, into that mill. You know, those are the kind of things that we'll continue to look for. You know, in 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 that part of the world, and then on Dumont. You know, the fo- the focus is really going to be on find finding a funding partner to take it into construction
0: right you know, as quickly as possible. Sorry, I, I will get on to Dumont. I just I just want to very quickly yeah. finish off on Beta Hunt because it's yeah, yeah. Uh, Obviously, there's, there's a lot been going on, and you've done everything at such an accelerated time frame. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's it's you know been quite impressive. Um, on the ASIC, what are the other things that you're looking at reducing the ASIC? Because the ASIC's, you know, you know, around sort of eleven hundred bucks at the moment. You need to get that down. Um yeah. what's happening?
1: Yeah, no, I mean the key things going forward, one, you know, one's obviously the milling cost. Two is going to be scaling up um, the mining operation there. You know, again, you know, there's a bunch of fixed costs at a mine if you know if you can you know a- increase the rate you're mining at you know, that's going to help bring down those costs going forward. You know, a lot of the drilling results that have been exciting in the Western Flanks area, you know, the, the structures look like it's getting quite large, um, you know, and that creates, gives you more flexibility in terms of being able to use lower cost mining methods to, to, to pull that ore out. Um, and then, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we'll, we'll be looking to, you know, have discussions with the Royalty company at the right time in terms of, you know, is there, is there a, a change to that Royalty structure that makes sense for both of us?
0: Right, I mean, he, he manages the. You mentioned technology there. I mean, who manages. Is that an outsourced um, thing, or do you have your own in-house team managing the technical component?
1: Oh, in terms of the of the mine itself, we have our inside technical services group. So, right,
0: okay, okay, great. So, okay, let us let, get let's get back to um, Dumont. It, it's a huge huge operation. You you talked about Jv. Yeah. Finding the right partner to Jv Jv with. Um, You've begun conversations. I mean, where where are you? Yeah we've,
1: had, yeah, we've had discussions. You know, again, given our relationships in the nickel industry, you know, we know all the leading players in Japan, Korea, and elsewhere. And so, um, you know, nickel prices spiked in 2014, 15, um, briefly, uh, and but at that time, you know, we advanced discussions with a number of groups to provide different, fi- you know, different components to the financing package. Um, you know. Uh, uh, today it's just a matter of of we've kept a number of those discussions warm. So it's just a matter of once this updated feasibility study out is, you know, those will sort of kickstart discussions, uh, you
0: know, going forward. So when, when that's due at what's Q Q3 of this year? It'll be out this quarter at some point. Right, 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 fantastic. Okay, um, so everyone's sort of sitting back, waiting, waiting to see what's happening. So, so how much time are you allocating? I mean, I look at the board, and there's, a, they've got a lot of advisors there. It's grown rapidly as well. Some pretty big names on there. I mean, how much yeah. time are you allocating between the different assets? Because you've also got three different expiration assets as well, haven't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the key thing there is again. I mean, you know, we have, we have, you know, people and teams that are dedicated to each, each of those, those right. asset groups. So. Um, you know, again, given given the activity and the focus of the company right now is gold and beta hunt. You know, I'm spending you know large majority of my time you know on beta hunt right now. Um, but you know, there is a block of time on Dumont, and then you know again we've got some great people with Dave Christie running Orford. Um, you know, you know he doesn't need uh, too much help from me in terms of driving that asset forward.
0: Okay. Okay. So, look, what I'd like to do, and I know you don't, we don't have much time today, but I'd like to come back to maybe have a conversation with you another time around the technical component of the the assets, and perhaps you know that that's something we can do with your with your head of geology, sure. etc. Um But with the time we've got left, um, can we talk about the finances or fi- and financing? So re- you have announced recently a financing twelve million bucks. Um, yeah that was, you know, why did you do that? And, you know, what are you going to do with yeah that? So again, we had
1: this coming, you know, twenty-five dollars potential payment if we had to exercise the option.
0: Right.
1: Uh, you know, again, you know, the risk of announcing an, uh, an option to do something without the financing fully in place at that point is, you know, the, the market, you know, sells off in advance thinking that you're going to come to the market with a big raise. So we thought it was important to do that raise, you know, at that point in time if the deal did not go forward, we'd be able to use that cash to do more exploration at Beta Hunt. You know, as I've said to investors before, I said, you know, if there's someone like a Cisco wellness asset, there'd be 12 drill rigs going, you know, there's just that many targets um, right. to go after. And so, um, yeah, so we put that in place, you know, with that and with the financing that we're, you know, looking at right now. And again, you know, we're making good progress on a number of non-dilutive um, financing opportunities. Um, you know, we'll have, you know, the cash that we need to complete the deal and the cash will, you know, will need to continue to move those assets
0: uh, going forward. And obviously, so. the the uh, the the large nuggets the, that are at the end of their world tour, perhaps a yeah. monetization event there.
1: Yeah, we'll, yeah, we're monetizing those,
0: which will will we'll feed your cash. Can you give us a sort of sense of what they're worth? Because I'm not quite sure of how you go about selling something like that.
1: Yeah, basically, I mean, we're looking at premiums somewhere we've been offered, you know, somewhere between 50 and 100% type premiums for most of the, most of the stone. So, you know, we'll be working with some advisors to get those out the door sooner than later.
0: Right, right. But no no sense of what range you'd expect there. But 50
1: to 100% premium on top of of the Gold value.
0: Right. But do you know what that Gold value is?
1: Oh, so yeah, yeah, we do. So I mean, you know, we have almost four thousand ounces in specimens. So right, okay. you know, that creates other two to four thousand ounces worth of,
0: of value for us. You can do so. the maths. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I mentioned you rather impressive board and some of the names on there, but you've also got yeah. um, some impressive shareholders, not least of which is Mr. Eric Sprott. Um, yeah. what's it? What's his involvement? Is he involved actively in the business, or is he just a shareholder?
1: No, I think you know he's he's just a shareholder. You know we do talk from time to time, and, and you know and he also publicly expresses opinions as well. I think you know the key thing is he likes high grade gold exposure. You know as soon as the announcement came out in the fall, you know he 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 acquired you know his his position at that point in time. When we first discovered gold, high grade gold traditionally where it was found at Bait Hunt alongside the nickel deposits, he he had become an investor. You know at, at that point in time uh, as well. So. You know, he basically came back in and, and upped his position.
0: Okay, um, but can know, I, you know, I? just know, and he's
1: great, and we're great to have you know a really great gold investor like Eric involved in that
0: in story. For, for sure, but you know, he he has been um, vocal in the market. You yeah, know, he's he's said that he'd like more guidance from the company. Do you think that's a fair comment?
1: Yeah, no, I think you know it's it's again it's not typical of a junior to have sort of two major assets and two distinct. You've got a gold gold in Australia and nickel in Quebec and so um, you know so uh, I think you know investors including him kind of want to know where we are you know where we're going with both and I think you know once the feasibility studies at Dumont we're kind of talking about what's going to happen on that front you know I think it'll be very clear to to uh, investors there again you know just want to drive home you know most of my net worth is tied up in this company and so you know we will you know I'm not here to build an empire I'm here to create value for shareholders and if it means those both those assets get sold by September. Great. If it means we have to continue to advance and develop them for another twelve months, then we'll continue to advance and develop them, you know, over that time frame.
0: Okay. No, I think that's, that, that's fair enough. So, I think your answer would be that you know, it's a it's it's a fair fair comment. You're looking to issue more guidance and you're looking to create more value because you're aligned with shareholders. Yeah.
1: Yep. Right. Yep, okay. More I think clarity around it for sure. And, and again, I think you know we we have a gold investing base today, and i again I think you know for those gold shareholders who are nervous that we're going to sort of cross subsidize things or sort of you know you know sort of muck things up a little bit you know to be very very clear you know there is a pile of cash in the Dumont joint venture that is funding those activities, and so today you know that Dumont is a self funding entity self funding asset at this point in
0: time and which is great i mean that's that's fantastic for shareholders i mean but when when do you think the entire operation becomes self funding? Because obviously people they, they want they're looking at their shares to go up in value. So self funding yeah. is, is the moment where things get exciting.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I think for Dumont again, you know, with Dumont to, to be able to take it to the next stage beyond the feasibility study is really to a construction decision. You know, and at that point in time, you know, we'd like to have you know, a big project partner come in um and work with us and, and Waterton in terms of, you know, being able to provide the remaining help provide the remaining capital that'll you know take it through to production so that hopefully you know the amount of of, of dilution that's required to get that um, project going, you know, um, will be, you know, very low or, or or zero going forward. Again, we can spin that out into a separate entity, we can joint venture into a separate entity with somebody else. You know, there's a full range of options that we're open to and looking at.
0: Okay. No, that, I, think, I think that's a that's, um, good comment. Um, I, I mean, for, for me, I'm t- I guess what I t- would like to understand is, you know, investors have got high hopes in this, in this uh, company because you've done so much so quickly. It's, it's been really impressive. You've, you feel that you, you believe in, there's more capital, there's more appreciation to come for them. Because of what you're doing with Dumont, what you think is happening with the EV space and, and nickel, um, and you think that people should, you know, continue to you know support the business. Um, is, that, is that where your heads at?
1: Oh yeah. No. Again, you know, putting my money where my mouth is. You know, I bought my two largest single purchases of RNC shares ever, value wise, were. Back in you know earlier this year and and the end of last year you know in the 50s and 60 cent share prices right, okay. you know I was buying them at those prices because I thought the stock was undervalued and you know and can see value from here so you know you know today where we're trading in the high 30s you know I obviously believe there's you know a substantial amount of upside from here going forward.
0: Okay, okay, well, look, uh, Mark, I mean I'll, I'll cut it short there because um, I know you're you're short of time today, but you know we'd hope yep. that we could perhaps. Um, catch up again. I think potentially you're in London next week. I'm um, going to get into some of the detail and we'll certainly be taking some more questions from the investors out there, potential investors, and perhaps we can, uh, we can address those then. But thanks Excellent. again for today. I appreciate your time and uh, see you next week. Yep. Thanks, Matthew. Take care, sir. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you want to see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.